welcome welcome good morning again so for this foundation series let's get right into it we'll be covering old and new covenant and this will be more than a three-part series i know i said that last time but we really need to understand old and new covenant because some things apply to us biblically and some things don't and we need to understand these promises that the lord gives us so that when situations arise we can go to the lord so let's go over covenant once more very briefly and as we spoke about last episode a covenant is an unbreakable vow made by a specific party or person it must be upheld by those who have come into agreement of that covenant a covenant is not something that is taken lightly to god or a person either an oath or a simple promise it is something that you need to uphold Actually, there are several verses in the Bible telling us not slash to be careful about making promises to God because honestly, humans don't have the best track record of keeping their word to the Lord. So let's go to Ecclesiastes 5 verse 5. Now, if we go to Ecclesiastes 5 verse 5, it says, it is better not to make a promise than to make one and not keep it. Also, it says in Matthews 5, verse 33 through 36, again, you have heard it that it was said to the people long ago, do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot even make one hair black or white. And to conclude, because there are many others, but in Ecclesiastes 5 verse 4, it says, When you make a promise to God, do not delay in following through, for God takes no pleasure in fools. Keep all the promises that you have made to him. And it makes so much sense that covenants, promises, oaths to the Lord are so serious, whether they're to him or to another person, God upholds these promises things so that's why it's you have to be careful when you make a covenant when you use these words when you're like oh i promise i'll do this or i swear i'll do this it's because you're invoking a higher power in order to fulfill that promise because we don't have the power to do those things on our own so it's something that should not be taken lightly that's why the lord says honestly don't even make a promise just say yes or no if something arises so if somebody asks you for something just say oh yes, I can do that. If something happens, oh no, I'm sorry, I can't do that. Or yeah, just honestly, just those two things because it's a a yes or no when it comes to a question either way because maybe it's not an answer. (laughs) Eventually that maybe will turn into a yes or a no. So that's why the Lord always tells us to be careful about what we say, the words that that come out of our mouth because words have power, words have meaning, words are very serious. And... I wanted to give a example about that. So let's go into the story of Joshua, more specifically Joshua 9. So the story of Joshua, and honestly, this is one of my favorite stories. So Joshua 9, chapter 9, and there are so many lessons that go into this, this chapter, all from not trusting the Lord, not relying on the Lord. And one of the main things is covenants, and it's so important. So we're going to go briefly through the story of Joshua chapter 9. 
So Joshua, the new leader of the Israelites after the previous leader, Moses, had passed away. And with Joshua, through the power and the might of the Lord, had defeated and triumphed over many kingdoms and um, clans and tribes and people. And many kings and nations have heard of the, the feats that Joshua has done through the power of the Lord. So, you know, there were the Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and Jebusites who all lived within that region. And so what the kings of those nations wanted to do, they wanted to band together and go officially, you know, go kill Joshua and go triumph over the Israelites because of their previous defeats and their previous um, battles with not only their kingdom, but other kingdom as well. But, you know, at the end of the day, if you hear that every every time they have gone into battle, they have triumphed, there are going to be people who are scared. So the people of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to the people in Jericho and AI, and they decided, okay, um, maybe not to go um, fight him, but you know what? Let's go to him in deception. Let's, let's go to him as servants and let's go deceive him and make a covenant with him so that he does not attack us. So what they did was they knew that they were attacking um, or they were defeating the kingdoms and the nations around them. So they were like, okay, you know what? Let's pretend that we're not from these neighboring nations and let's pretend that we came from far away. So what they did is they dirtied up their clothes, they ripped up their clothes, they took the stale and moldy bread from the garbages that they had, and they made it look like they were, they, they've been through it. They've been through it. And so they reached Joshua and the Israelites, and they were like, oh, we've come from a distant land. We've traveled so far and wide. We're tired. You know, we're hungry. Um, do you think you could just, you know, make peace with us and, you know, let us serve you. And at first, Joshua and the Israelites had a very good reason to be suspicious. So they were like, um, maybe not. Like, who are you people? And they actually asked that question about, I think, two to three times. They were like, who are you? Where did you come from? And Joshua being the leader was the, the forefront of the voice. But the Gibeon, um, Gibeonites were like they never answered the question this is this is red flag number one if we're using <laughs> slang this is a red flag you know this was the first warning to joshua and the people of israel that these people probably these gibeonites weren't truthful so joshua demanded multiple times who are you but they never answered the question they always kept saying oh we're your servants we traveled look at our raggedy clothes look at our moldy bread Look at how we look, you know, look at what we look like, you know, so there's that deception, what we perceive to be, how we come to you. And after a while, Joshua and Israelites were like, oh, okay, you know, you look, you look raggedy, <laughs> your, your clothes are torn, you got dirt on your face, your shoes, you know, they're talking, <laughs> if you get that, or if you don't, your shoes are like split open, your, your bread is moldy. All right, you know what? You are probably servants from a distant land. And so Joshua and the people of, and actually before that, they had made sure to tell Joshua like, hey, we want to, we want a treaty with you. And 
And the interesting part is that they were very adamant about this treaty. And it actually says in verse 14, so the Israelites examined their food, but they did not consult the Lord. And then Joshua verse 15 made a peace treaty with them and guaranteed their safety. And the leaders of the community ratified their agreement with the binding oath. So I looked up what the word ratified mean. I was like, okay, what does ratified mean? Ratified means to make it officially valid. So it wasn't just, hey, make a peace treaty with us. They were like, no, solidify this by the God that you serve, the one and only true God, so that when this situation arises, you cannot go back on your word. And it says that three days later, they found out that they weren't actually servants, that they they were from the neighboring lands. And long story short, the people of Israel and Joshua came up to these Gibeonites and they were like, hey, you deceived us. You know, what the heck? And they were like, oh, we just did what we needed to do to survive because you were coming after us next. And the interesting part about this is that the people of Israel were so angry, but it says in verse 18, the people of, but the Israelites did not attack the towns for the Israelites had made a vow to them in the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people of Israel grumbled against their leaders because of this treaty. And in verse 19, it says, but the leaders replied, since we have sworn an oath in the presence of the Lord, the God of Israel, we cannot touch them. This is what we must do. We must let them live for divine anger would come upon us if we broke the oath. And it is so interesting how much God honors covenant because it says right there that even though Joshua walked with the Lord, even though he was so, um, he walked with the Lord, he was with the Lord, he was a devout believer. The Lord spoke to him. The Lord would have went against Joshua. God honors covenant so much that if Joshua had killed those people of Gibeon, God would have went against him for breaking an oath in his name against those people. That's how serious covenant is. And I really wanted to emphasize how God sees covenants because the fact that God will go against his own people for unbelievers, people who didn't even believe in the Lord because we have sworn something in his name. And as we know, um, the verse says that the Lord watches over his words to see that it comes to life, see that it comes to fruition. So if God watches over his word and you do things in his name and there, um, it says that everything we do, do in the name of the Lord, it means that we really need to watch what we say when we promise something, even a simple promise like, hey, can you write this report for me? And you're like, yeah, yeah, I promise I'll do it. I'll do it by the end of the day. And the next day comes and you don't do it there. And we don't think about it, but there are consequences to everything that we do. And as we see here, the biggest consequences, the biggest consequence for Joshua and the people of Israel was death. If you don't, if you break an oath or break a vow in the name of the Lord, there will be a consequence that comes to it because of your inaction. And I always found this story so interesting that God himself would go against his own people because of the words spoken out of our mouth in his name. And that is so, that just goes to show you how much God honors covenants. And some people might be hearing that story and like, what, why would God do that? But it's because God honors covenants. And especially if somebody does something in your name, even, you know, when we look at times, not right now, if something, if somebody says, yeah, oh, oh, this person said this, 
if you're that person, you're going to want to make sure that the person who is speaking about you is speaking truth to your name so that when you go back to that situation and person B is like, yeah, person A said that, you know, um, see that you'll do this for me. You want to make sure that person A is saying the right thing. You know, you want to go back to the original <laughs> perpetrator, but you want to go back to the original person who is using your name for anything and make sure they're, what they're speaking has validity to it, has truth to it. And you don't want anyone just lying on your name. And the same way that we don't, it's the same way that the Lord doesn't. So when we do things in his name, it needs to be truthful. It needs to be right and just. And that's why the Lord says, don't make promises you can't keep because I keep them. God always shows up. It's honestly us who doesn't. And basically what happens, not basically, what happens to conclude is they could not kill the people of Gibeon because the promises that they made. So what they did was they let them live in their community because they had to, they took an oath, but they made them servants for the rest of their life because of their deception. So they were like, okay, you know what? Since we can't kill you, we're going to make you serve and your bloodline and those after you be um, woodcutters for the rest of your life. And so forth and so on, and you will forever be servants. So that's why it's so important about the things that you say and what you allow into your bloodline and what you allow and promises that you allow. So, you know, take this time to ask the Lord to reveal to you any promises that your ancestors have made or those who came before you so that if there's anything that you need, any vows that you need to break on your end, you can. And that concludes today's episode. So I wanted to, you know, talk about this story and the seriousness of covenants before we go into the New Testament to really make sure that we all understand the seriousness of a covenant. So that is all for today's episode, everyone. And as we go into the series, I'll be going more in depth about certain aspects of covenants, Old and New Testament and Old and New Covenants. So don't forget to rate Kingdom in Christ on Apple, Spotify, Google, and any other podcasting media. And if you have any questions or comments, please email them to kingdominchrist at outlook.com. Again, that is kingdominchrist at outlook.com or DM me on Instagram at kingdominchrist. Have a blessed day, family, and may the Lord be with you and your sister in Christ is out. Thank you.